0: Hey everyone and welcome to episode two hundred and forty-three of Final Fantasy Union. I'm your host, Daryl, and I'm here with Lauren.
1: Hi everyone.
0: Every single time I do that, I have to think about how I can change it up. Hmm. Change the, the pacing, the wording. The, not the wording, yeah, like I'm here with
1: Lauren. Or you can just be Shelly Duval. Hello, I'm Daryl. Hello, I'm Daryl. Hello, Hello, I'm here with Lauren. Lauren. <laughs> you can be you can be Lauren. I mean, I don't think I change it up that much. with no, you don't. Games. You, you,
0: and, and also in your response to me, you're always just like, yeah, I'm OK.
1: I'm OK. Well, you know everything about me. But it's everyone else doesn't. No
0: one else knows what's going on.
1: It's true. But you're not asking how people who are listening. How are you today? Tell, tell us in chat. Where, wherever you are. Wherever just, you are. Just say. We'll wherever you're you. listening. We're, we'll we'll hear you. <laughs> <laughs> just shout out your window.
0: We'll also heal you, which is what I think I also just said. That's okay, Daryl. Um,
1: Nobody's judging you because nobody, yeah. <laughs> nobody can respond to you right now.
0: <laughs> Have a potion.
1: There you go. Good job, Daryl.
0: Um, yeah, so it's been uh it's been an interesting one. Uh we're recording this quite late actually. Mm. Um we've just been really snowed under, and also there was some stuff happening that we thought we wanted to wait to see yeah. how it would pan out before we voiced our opinion because there is a history there mm. of us recording and then Square releases a load of stuff and we don't talk about it. Yeah. So we decided to not do that. We postponed recording. And it does mean there is stuff for us to talk about. Yay! So today we are going to be running through uh, some of the key announcements relating to the Japanese properties from Square Enix Presents. And we're also going to be running through some of the recent information that came out of an interview that uh, Tetsuya Nomura did with Famitsu, as well as I think uh, Kitase did a couple of different things in a Japanese event for PlayStation so it's action packed. Oh yeah. Very seven remake focused, but also Project Athea, which is not called that anymore, because it's now
1: Forspoken. You had to think about it. it. <laughs> For spoken. I, I have
0: I have seen a lot of people, uh it took us a very long time to get over the fact it's not forsaken. Yeah. It is forspoken. Yeah. And um I, it, we have to think about it. I only yeah. I only knew because I'm staring at the word right here. Forspoken. <laughs> forspoken. Forspoken. just say it many times until it sticks into your head that it is not forsaken, it is forespoken. I
1: just really do find it just so hilarious how like the square is always trying to find like the most interesting integrade forspoken blah blah blah. It's just like come on guys. Come on. Just it's, call just it used- big shiny dragon yeah Uh, (laughs) it's
0: like like the 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 latin stuff as well it's like yeah we get it it's slightly pretentious um but like there's a lot i mean i'd imagine and this may be me being very um down here i'm sorry if i've offended anyone but does anyone actually know what forspoken even means no yeah a lot of people have to look it up
1: yeah i don't know what it means i know like i mean you know games like Nino Cooney, they did very well why don't you just name it after something that's Japanese and really cool, you know? <laughs> it's like... not the
0: target market, Lauren. Anyway, we are going to talk about that in just a moment. Uh, first, though, we're going to do our shout outs for Patreon supporters, and we're going to kick things off with Lewis James at LJ Composer.
1: Zach Duranto.
0: Rachel Casterton at Urbion Ray.
1: Barry Norton at Nordron Zero.
0: Zelda Clone at Apes Type Novels.
1: Joseph Robertson at Pokemon Trainer J. Alex
0: and Rachel Trauban at Akira Engine
1: miles ribbons
0: billy jackson at underscore billy jackson
1: Thorin bullen at massacre 23
0: tom hughes at tom underscore hughes 22
1: yan potato
0: noah littrell ryzen sam ennis
1: chris willis
0: fayas Bilal.:
1: joshua johnson at the cancer bus
0: freya stella
1: lauren luscombe tim
0: michael verne at phoenix 02 sa
1: Marco Lillu,
0: Timmy Turner's babysitter,
1: and Darren Matthews at Doomster73. Thank you guys Thank you all so much. And yes, Yam Potato, I will always love saying your name. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yam Potato, I just love it.
0: So yeah, um, Square Enix Presents happened, it kind of came out of the blue a little bit. Mm. They just kind of dropped it, I think it was like a week or two ago, they are going to be doing Square Enix Presents. And they hadn't done a Square Enix Presents for a long time because the E3 showings weren't always the best. Mm. And I feel as though they were were kind of wanting to sunset that brand. But they brought it back with a very heavy focus on the Western side of the business. Um, There was a new Life is Strange game announced. They had Just Cause mobile game announced. There was Tomb Raider stuff. There was a small segment on Balan Wonderworld, which I did not watch, but I heard it was n- probably not the best representation for the game, unfortunately. Uh, what else was there, Lauren? I- I'm trying to think. Um, I mean... Hitman stuff, is- I think.
1: The stuff that I really cared about was the life is strange and Forspoken really. Oh,
0: Avengers. There was a massive segment on the Avengers. Mm. PlayStation 5 patch is now live, I think, and they talked about kind of the next wave of content. Mm. And then right at the end... I think it was after Life is Strange, they had um, Project Athia appear and uh, Ella Belinsky, Ella B- Belinska, I think is how you say it, mm-hmm. um, it has been heavily rumored that she was going to be the lead character. She confirmed it and um, she confirmed that she's called Frey Holland in the game. Mm-hmm. And they had a really small scene, which was like, I don't know, 20 seconds. Oh my gosh,
1: could that scene have been any smaller? I was just like, what? what that's not that's not a teaser that is not that is not no well, I
0: mean by definition it is very I much mean, a teaser
1: but that that's like a teaser of a teaser you know like that's a that's at that's a
0: t and it it had a small scene with her swearing at a dragon
1: mm-hmm. or
0: no swearing about a dragon to her inanimate object, which really reminded me of beyond mm. iden yeah um, but it's just
1: like what it, it's like they were like. You got to show something, but we don't want to show anything because you don't want to give anything away. Okay, well, you know, let's just shorten this to five seconds. That's that should be enough for them, right?
0: And then they showed off a montage of. I feel like the montage was the montage. I feel like the montage was something that we'd already seen about during yeah, the PlayStation it event. Was. It was it was very similar, just looked a bit better. Mm-hmm. But we didn't really find out too much about it, other than focus is going to be around magic and traversal mm-hmm. so this small piece of gameplay footage they showed was, was showing Frey jumping around the landscape very quickly and there was obviously the magic in there too we now know that um yeah it's not called Project Athia anymore it's called Forspoken because there is a focus on witchcraft and the worlds in which the game takes place is called Athia Ah, yeah look at that um and yeah, so that that's kind of all we really learned there was some other stuff that that we found. Um after looking at the credits of the Experience Presents, I I noticed that the copyright for the game was was Witch mm. um Stroke Project Athia, which then obviously ties back to the fact it's being made by Luminous Productions and how before working on 15 they well while working on 15 they were doing tech demos one of them was Agni's philosophy and the other was which chapter Mm -hmm. zero which 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 obviously (laughs) has a tie in with this because I think there are a lot of people that were expecting Agni's philosophy to turn into something and it looks as though it it has and I guess the sad thing that we've already spoken about many times before is that we don't know how much of what we're going to see now is related to what Tabata was working on before he left. Yeah. And if it is which, then obviously that's a property that was quite close to him because mm-hmm. he had overseen both the technical demos and worked really closely with NVIDIA on the creation of those. So the game that we're going to see, will probably have remnants of it. But we'll probably never know how much of it was, was his vision and how much of it is the vision of the new director, who I cannot for the life of me remember the name of right now. Uh but yeah, I've just talked for a load there, Lauren. So now you say something about for for spoken.
1: I mean, it looks interesting like what we've seen so far. That is a
0: segue, by the way.
1: Yeah, like I I I don't know. It's it's still the same thing. I don't really know what to expect from it. Like that, it, we've not really had that much information. It's the same as the Final Fantasy 16. I think that they probably could have just gotten away with not even showing that useless scene. The fact that like it was so so small. Like I just why why even do it? Like you know, like okay, so you showed her character model, but like. It was just so, so small. (laughs) Um, But...
0: The response, though, has been really positive. Yeah, it's been
1: really positive. And um, I think it's amazing that they've chosen um, Ella Balinska to be the lead uh, and she looks gorgeous in-game. So, like, yeah, it should be be really cool. Um,
0: I mean, the rumor is that Square are pretty much backing this to the hilt it's yeah. got the attention of the ceo matsuda and it seems as though sony are going to be really pushing this as a as a big game they've signed up the tier exclusive on the playstation 5 and it's scheduled to come out next year as well which is pretty cool mm-hmm. we don't know what part of next year it yeah it could be and it's either going to be um if it's obviously it's going to come at some point of the year but um it's either going to be at the end of this financial year to bolster sales, which means it's going to be Q1, or it could be, appear, appear at some point between Q2 and Q4.
1: I mean, if it is, it kind of blatantly is the project that Tabata was sort of working on before he left. But like, I guess it's been, in de- it's probably been in development for a considerable amount of yeah, time. And
0: that's why it's coming out next year. Mm-hmm. I mean, we know based on the, the stuff with the episode Arden that it's been in development for probably about four years. Mm-hmm. Maybe a tiny bit longer with, with concepting for stuff. Timelines for round 15 are so hard because they it was so persistent. Mm-hmm. game came out in 2016, which means the DLC wrapped up at the end of 2017 with episode Arden, sorry, episode Ignis. And then the rest of the DLC, I, can't, I can never remember if that came out in 2018 or 2019. Mm-hmm. But whenever it, whenever that was happening and they were having the conversations about doing um Dawn of the New Future or whatever it's called, uh that's when they started working on one on this game as well. Because mm-hmm. the obviously the rumour from from what we know is is that the the conflict came about the fact that Tabata was adamant that he wanted to do the fifteen DLC and that it would not have an impact on the development of what is now forspoken. Mm-hmm. And I guess it was having an impact, and which is why they chose to take the decision to nix most of the DLC and have everyone focus on Forspoken. Mm-hmm. And we don't know if that's the reason why Tabata left, or, or or you know if there's anything else going on behind the scenes. But it does seem though so, since they cancelled all the DLC and mm-hmm. shoved everyone on Forspoken. That they disagreed with uh, them working on episode Aranea, episode Luna and episode Noctis.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, to be fair, like I mean, I know that a lot of a lot of Final Fantasy XV fans were disappointed, but I mean, I do still feel like Final Fantasy XV had its time and. Although it would have been cool to see those stories play out, like it's time to move on to bigger and better things.
0: I mean if Tabitha was still there, yeah. it would still be having its time. The I game know. would never end It'd never
1: ever end. Um, with that as well, like I'm sort of thinking about the fact that they have used um they have used Ella's likeness for the character. Does this mean that the rest of the characters in the game are going to also be based off of real people or they're going to have like actors? And... I don't know.
0: I, I mean, part of it feels as though the reason why they've taken this decision is to move it away from that initial vision. Yeah. Because if they had put Agni as the main protagonist, then it would have been so clear that that's what it was. Yeah, And maybe like it's, it's I guess it's, it's in a similar way to what Tabitha had to do with 15 where they got rid of Stella they changed the story around maybe the new director's come in and he's felt you know maybe this story that Tabitha wanted to tell isn't really what I want to do but a lot of the structure and framework is already there so we'll stick with that mm. but it's their way of kind of just saying like that character's gone now Ella uh, Frey Holland has replaced that it agony, essentially.
1: I mean, it does seem to be the case now, though, with like a lot of studios, and I think we've sort of discussed it before as well. Is that more and more studios are using this method in term um, to produce games? Because um, in some ways, it's easier to do the um, it's easier to do the mapping. In some ways, it's it's still harder because you run the risk of it looking <laughs> a bit weird and wonky. I think it depends on the graphical but, yeah, style as well. Yeah, I
0: mean. The comparison we've made in the past, which was by the um, person who used to work on Seven and made the comment about how Square can't keep up with Western studios Mm. like Naughty Dog and Infinity War, Infinity War, Infinity Ward, Mm -hmm. whoever make Call of Duty, Treyarch as well. Um, Those like Naughty Dog and the Call of Duty, uh, Uncharted Call of Duty, Last of Us, they're all using likenesses for the most part with mocap, like proper mocap. And it it does help them, yeah. a lot. Uh, yeah. Kojima did the same thing. Now yeah. it's helping them get more photorealistic characters, and I feel as though if they do want to go for that hyperrealistic characters, this is kind of the route they have to go down. Yeah. Whereas if they're if they're more anime style, then obviously it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. So there's still going to be this this creative balance in there. But Final Fantasy, who knows what they're going to do? I mean, uh, Final Fantasy 14 doesn't have that kind of hyperrealistic graphical style, which is why they probably haven't done it for mm-hmm. 16. But with with the future,
1: I think maybe they've always been insistent on those games, having having characters with their particular look. But I mean, Kingsglaive as well, they kind of were already on the verge of doing it because everybody in Kingsglaive was based off of a real like pretty much every all of the character models were based off of a real people. Yeah. Um. So they already have like a they already have a lot of experience with doing it for that. It probably takes away a little bit from the creative department in terms of, like, it's not the characters. It might not be the characters exactly as um, the artist sees them, but, like, if they can get close enough with actors and produce really beautiful, like, games, then more power to them but i I am curious to see what um who they choose for the rest of the characters and who the rest of the characters even are (laughs) like i are there more witches Uh, is there other things like i just i have so many questions
0: (laughs) and we're going to be finding out about a lot of the answers very soon because the game's coming out next year then Mm -hmm. i'd imagine that the the media build-up is going to probably start e3 gamescom they've also said there's going to be a square enix presents happening in the summer yeah so that could be where they do a big kickoff for it and it could also be where they do a massive reveal for 16 as well mm. if this one was focused on the western games maybe they have the one the next Grand more focused on the japanese games
1: i mean i do think like um sorry to just like jump back to it but i do think like the final fantasy character models have gotten a bit samey if that's the way to do it like yeah i
0: mean Son-on... a lot of
1: the characters all look the same like no offense but like they all have a f- final fantasy like the style now they kind of do the same face it's like the same face over and over and this has been happening for years and like it it does drive me crazy the fact that like the older final fantasy characters that they bring into newer games like the city and t they just give them a massive nose job which is just weird i don't understand what their obsession is with with taking back people's noses but give them their big noses we need big noses. We need our, we need, need representation. Our, we need representation of big noses. Okay. Cause, you know, but like, I, I kind of hope that this is the direction that they go in so that we can have more, more unique faces in, in, games going forward that might not extend to final fantasy because final fantasy 16 still looks very final fantasy yeah and the the
0: characters being created by yoshida so yeah
1: but at the end of the day yeah um that brings us on
0: to the seven remake and everything relating to the various games that are going to be created but i am going to do a small spoiler warning here because there are some things we're going to talk about that relate to the end of seven remake and um the first thing is related to that event that Kataze was speaking at. They uh, talked a bit more about Integrate. Uh, he revealed that they've hired a team of 10 lighting specialists to help ramp up that, that specific aspect of the game. Mm. And they actually showed some before and after comparisons in a bit more detail. So like in Wall Market, it's not just a case of them changing the, the lighting Mm -hmm. so the existing they've actually added new lighting sources in Mm -hmm. so they showed one of the the shops that sells drinks they've added a load of neon lights to the sign there's like different lights they've got like around the store like actual they've put lights that weren't there before in place so they add a whole new um dynamic to wall market in the night they've basically just redone the entire thing and they've hired this team of people to help them figure out like what lighting should actually look like Mm -hmm because up until that point they were just kind of doing basic lighting like oh a room has to have a light here or a lamp there or whatever like a normal person would do but obviously if you're like in entertainment there are people there are light specialists theater has like lighting specialists and stuff and they will help to really make a scene come to life and and make something seem much more dynamic so i think that's an interesting move and it's also an interesting avenue for the gaming industry to go down like hiring these kind of specialists in each of these areas that don't really have anything to do with gaming as such but they can help make something feel much more lived in
1: it's actually a topic that's come up in like my sort of women in games stuff because there's a lot that the video games industry can learn from the movie industry particularly for games where visuals are huge are a huge thing in terms of telling stories um because like in in theater we've we do things like blocking and you know the way that somebody stands the way somebody looks at the camera um i mean in a lot of games they use very basic sort of camera angles it's like over the shoulder talking like mass effect it's just like over the shoulder talking over the shoulder topping yeah and it's like Although that's really, it, like, it makes it a lot easier to do, but it's very, it's not very dynamic. And uh, the fact that Square Enix is, is considering the fact that they do have less knowledge on this kind of thing is good. I don't know. I mean, I guess if you have to redo a whole game, it's you probably do need 10 people in order to get it out one time. <laughs> but it is. it does seem a bit extensive to have like 10 people whose focus is lighting but I think like aesthetics are definitely becoming more of a thing in AAA games um, particularly when you consider like um, I know it has the controversy but cyberpunk like when you see cyberpunk on PC at like top spec it is gorgeous like a lot of the um a lot of the places in the game you can take these images that just look stellar and that is the way that the industry is going so
0: especially with the advances in technology too yeah. because ray tracing now is is much more accurate lighting mm-hmm. and it's that you know got your, your reflective surfaces to worry about and all these different aspects of how light can influence how a scene looks
1: yeah and i think that that's like um something that in a way like final fantasy 7 kind of um the remake kind of struggled with because there are some scenes that I feel like could have had more impact like I remember playing through Final Fantasy 7 the original and that sequence when Cloud is running through Shinra Tower and all you see is the blood stains on the ground I remember that scene having such a disturbing effect on me and like the stuff that happens with President Shinra. Like, I just remember feeling really uncomfortable during that scene. I didn't feel that way at all. I mean, granted, it didn't help that they changed it to purple. But I feel like if they had had somebody to direct them on how that sequence felt with the original they would have had more of a horror aspect. Because I was really ready for Final Fantasy VII Remake to have a more horror aspect in some regards. I mean, they should have hired the same person if they hadn't. They should have hired the same person who did Chapter 13 in, in Final <laughs> Fantasy Fifteen. Like, that was, that was, like, insane. Like, even though I hate playing through that chapter because it scares me, that was done so well in the sense of, like, you felt like you were hopeless and these guys were, like, coming at you. Um, that's the way that I feel like the Shinra Tower, the Shinra Tower sequence, at least when you were trying to find Genova, was, should have worked. Yeah. So, but yeah, I
0: mean, the, the other thing that he talked about was, uh, I don't know if it was planned, but basically the host, they got onto talking about, uh, Jessie and how there's like a story segment about her, where you kind of go and visit her parents and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then the host was like, but is she alive? Mm-hmm. And Kataze, they, they were like, is the, is the internet connection lost? Have we lost you? Because he just went quiet, <laughs> said nothing, kind of nervously squirmed <laughs> and just said,
1: What do I say? That's
0: not something I can really talk about right now. Which is
1: basically just like a almost a giveaway.
0: Yeah, because obviously he could have just said, no, she's not yeah but, but then
1: you would have been wrong <laughs>
0: but they did yeah because they don't want to do that because they want people to still believe that she is potentially alive yeah because she could still be alive like
1: yeah it's just that was a hard question that that question should have been filtered out maybe but it did get people talking at least
0: it did yeah um but yeah so outside of that there's been interviews with um uh namuradan and kataze around the the initial reveal of integrate and mm-hmm. since then and it, it has pulled out some interesting things. So, from a narrative perspective, we know that uh, Sonon uh, uh, Kusakabe, who's the new character, who yeah, like has this kind of generic look.
1: He just looks like it's just like Gladiolus again, isn't yeah. it? Like it's just um, like a younger, cuter Gladiolus. So we know that sorry, Gladiolus was, lovers,
0: <laughs> we know that he was trained by Godo and he's working uh, for or with Avalanche and he's there to basically support Yuffie, but Yuffie is also in shinra on behalf of the wutai government Mm. and she's there to to basically take part in an avalanche mission but she doesn't actually work for avalanche all of that is very interesting because in the original game avalanche original form from wutai was basically gone they'd been destroyed by the turks and their leadership had all been killed Mm. so i don't know what that necessarily means for the new game um also like you know as we covered in, in our recent video about Yuffie, there was no real Wutai government. Like, Godo did not want to do anything that could possibly antagonize Shinra, and he was very, very anti-Yuffie's activities, basically. Yeah. So if she's there on behalf of the Wutai government, then that suggests that Godo will be taking a very different stance this time around. So that's going to be interesting. Yeah. Um, we also learned from a more practical perspective that there's going to be uh, new material. And there's going to be new summons as well that you'll be able to use in the DLC. But there's no more DLC planned after this. Um, they're going to be focusing primarily on part two. But the interesting thing about it is that I don't know if this is meant to be a good thing or a bad thing. Mm-hmm. I, I treat it as a weird thing that he basically said that there was never actually a plan for DLC. They didn't, they didn't have any pl- DLC in the roadmap. Yeah. It was that they finished part one, they go to part two. And but then they started working on the PlayStation Five version of the Seven Remake, and they kind of kept expanding things to the point where they thought, yeah, this could become DLC.
1: Hmm. Yeah, it's kind of weird that they didn't think about that initially, because like this, I mean this this it feels very very understandable, because like we never got to see what Yoffi we would have been able to had had the game not been. Not been restricted in the way it was because of timings and stuff. We would have seen bits of what Yuffie was up to before you encounter her, because de- there is definitely sequences that yeah, happen there's, there's in calm. Yeah, there is dummy content. Um, so it is, it is, it is something that like has always kind of been in the air um, that Yuffie had a part to play in like the o- earlier bits of the game. So it, it does feel natural that this would be the case i mean and also it's like a tech demo for yuffie as well because this is something where they can work out the kinks of her of her of her battle system exactly and And then like she can also um so that when she arrives in the next game as well if she like she probably blatantly is going to be in the next game she people will know how to play her initially anyway
0: yeah, and I think that the reason why it's a bit weird for me is because, yeah, like, they, they didn't plan to have this DLC. Mm. So uh, unless they were planning to have the story segment they're going to show in part two and they've mm. decided to move that out, it feels as though they just kind of wrote this for the sake of writing it, if that mm. makes sense.
1: Yeah, so how much of it is actually going to be, like, how much of the storyline in this is actually going to be thought out?
0: Yeah, so, like, it's just, yeah... They, they, when they were writing part one and part two unless they moved it this was not part of their thinking so they've just thought okay well we've we've started building this out we need to make a segment here about eufy um what can we do yeah and this feels like it was the result of yeah. that conversation uh but it seems like it was done after the fact as opposed to planned in the first place and it worries me a little bit because that's it's going back to what we've always said about square when they're trying to build out these properties, mm. it doesn't seem like there's a plan in the first place. They yeah. just kind of go with the flow, see where the wind takes them. <laughs> and it feels as though that's also going to relate to the first soldier and ever crisis. First soldier is going to be like 30 years in the past, but yeah. using the remake continuity, because we've got like Rufus, uh, cut and stuff. And, but then they're also going to be incorporating the story of the first soldier into ever crisis which is supposed to be their retelling of the original continuity. Yeah. Like it just it just seems like it's just this whole it's going to turn into this mess again where <laughs> it doesn't really make too much sense. We don't really know if it's been planned out. I don't think they've they know how the seven remake's are going to end or if they've actually written the whole story from start to begin, start to finish. Yeah. Maybe they've got different like key moments they want to have throughout the things but they don't know how many parts it's going to be that that's the that's the probably the only thing about this whole project and what they're doing that that fills me with a bit of dread Mm -hmm. that it that it isn't planned yeah and like i i know that it's easy for us to say they should do it but you know you've got the biggest entertainment property in the world star wars and they didn't do it yeah ended up with a trilogy that didn't have any real continuity consistency because they just didn't plan out they just did let's just get film one out of the way and then we'll see what happens yeah yeah and it feels like that's what they're doing here so let's just get the first game out of the way and then we'll see what happens after that
1: yeah and it's like why do you want to play why do you want to play with your biggest property like that but then that's just square enix as well isn't it like they just they've always been they've always been this kind of like go with the flow type of company it seems like yeah (laughs) it's just like the kingdom hearts series is just blatant of that like that game the storyline in that game is so just go with the flow let's add this oh it works all right let's add this then like it's just
0: (laughs) now we've got to try and make all this make sense okay well we'll do this and do that Uh, and then that'll fix things and
1: i know but either way i'm still excited i think it should be fun oh
0: yeah no i think it's going to be really fun i'm just I'm just voicing my the one concern I the have. The one concern you have. The one yeah. concern. Um, I'm really excited for it though, yeah, because ultimately they've said that by working on this DLC, it's made them much more comfortable with working on the PlayStation Five, mm-hmm. so they're they're going to have Part Two out quicker than they thought. That's good. Them, um, but yeah, I mean, moving on to the First Soldier.
1: <laughs> um,
0: <laughs> so yeah, basically, <laughs> and I do again, I don't necessarily have a problem with the reason why. Because we're doing a video about tactics at the moment, and it's the same thing, just not on the same... It's the same principle, okay? So they feel as though the demographic who plays Final Fantasy is very samey. And they also appreciate that the people that play Battle Royale games is a very different demographic. And so they're thinking in their minds, well, how can we get new people in? Let's go after the genre where that demographic is that we want.
1: Do you want these people in your yeah. game? And Do it, you want these people? And it's people? like, you know,
0: with with when they did Tactics, it was the same thing. They had Final Fantasy very samey demographics. Tactical people that like tactics RPGs are a different type of person, so they mm. were like, well, let's infuse Final Fantasy into that genre so that people become known to the brand and then they might want to check out Final Fantasy 8 when it comes out in a year yeah. because they like Tactics. Um but yeah, so
1: but it's hard though isn't it because it's like it's not the same kind of deal like with with something like league of legends so they're going to start do they're going to do a more like story driven game right like they're doing yeah they're making an action rpg they're making an action rpg that at least makes sense i'm excited for that game because I liked the character. I like the characters in League of Legends. I have a very broad understanding of who they are, but I want to know more. Whereas this is, I know the characters of Final Fantasy VII. Will I actually be interested in learning more about them by playing? I
0: feel as though it's slightly different. I feel as though the League of Legends example is backwards, though. mm -hmm. I feel as though it's the uh, Ruined King, I think it's called. That's being made to, to... for people that play league of legends that like action rpgs yeah as opposed to trying to draw in people that play action rpgs to play league of legends yeah
1: yeah yeah it's true as well it's more like a it's more like a dream like a dream project for them that they want exactly. to like do whereas this is like no we're just we're just doing it for but they, i mean purposes. they are doing it like a
0: league of legends fighting game mm. so that's probably a
1: but that's also probably a lot yeah. of fun to do. Like, this doesn't seem like this is something that they want to do. Yeah, like, so it they're just... basically,
0: they're making this game because they, Battle Royales are very popular right now, mm-hmm. and they want to try and get, they want to try and infiltrate that demographic and that market and get people to come back to play Final Fantasy. But it's like, I, I mean, I don't know the crossover between Battle Royales and people that play RPGs typically. Mm-hmm. Um, I
1: i mean we we play RPGs and we play one one don't play battle-, battle royale games well we play dota league of legends not the same thing nah, you know
0: <laughs> not the same
1: i guess it's just it's just a competitive a competitive form yeah. of gaming a competitive form of gaming versus non-competitive form of gaming it's also
0: i mean it, it all power to them for trying to do it but nomura basically said that they are entering in this space and they're doing so because they want to become a legitimate challenger. So they're basically saying that they want to go head-to-head with PUBG and Fortnite, Apex Legends, um, I guess Overwatch as well.
1: Delusion. Not Overwatch, sorry. Not, <laughs> uh, Warzone, yourself. to yourself. War-
0: yeah, so they're basically saying they want to compete with Warzone, PUBG, Fortnite, and I don't know if Apex Legends, whatever. Those three for yeah. sure. Yeah. And, like, do do they legitimately think that's possible? I mean, if they can do it, amazing. Yeah, that's going to be one of the yeah, best things like ever. Yeah, that's great. But, but it's a mobile-only game. Yeah. All the other, and this is what everyone's saying, is, like, if you want to try and penetrate the battle royale space, you have to be on every single platform. Yeah. Because that's how it works. Like, Fortnite is playable on everything. Yeah. Warzone is playable on pretty much everything, even though it eats your everything or your space. And like PUBG is now playable on pretty much everything I think. Yeah. They're restricting this to mobile phones.
1: Yeah. Yeah, because that's what sells in Japan. But like yeah, I just cuz you know, these kind of these kind of games as well, they thrive on on um sponsorships and uh and bringing in like bringing in those kind of characters like whenever Fortnite is trending it's it's generally one if seasons end and during seasons start as well but also if like they've brought in a character that everybody loves like freaking i don't know raven from like uh, teen titans and stuff like
0: avengers crossovers like what are they gonna
1: if if they could do like final fantasy characters in this that sure fine but make it better than freaking but then that's Dissidia not going to appeal MD. to people
0: that don't know exactly
1: if- so it's it's difficult it's difficult to know what they're actually going to be able to what what what's something that's different that they're going to be bringing to the battle royale table that all these other ones aren't doing
0: yeah, and I mean it's supposed to be coming out this year. Mm. So I'm, I'm very curious. I mean, I'll probably end up playing it because yeah, I want to see we're what it's give it like. A go. And I, I'm, I'm not necessarily opposed to it. No, uh, I, don't, but I don't. We don't just play know any at the we moment,
1: just, but. we just know how they tend to stumble initially when they're trying to do a new market. All the bravest. Yeah. Um, I mean,
0: whenever that, yeah, when they try new genres out, it generally does not go that well for no, them. No, not in initially. The
1: first yeah. <laughs> It's just like mm, I don't know about this. I mean, well, they had a good thing with the city, and then all of a sudden they came out with the city NT.
0: Did okay in the arcades, yeah. Just not okay on consoles,
2: yeah. Um,
0: but anyways, yeah. So but then, yeah. then that brings us on to Ever Crisis. So this is going to be a story-driven, uh, free-to-play game, but it's going to retain the gacha elements, of mm. course. Uh, and from what they're saying, it it feels like it's going to be very similar to Opera Omnia. Mm. Whereby the Gacha is going to relate to weapons, but nothing else really. Mm. And I don't know if they're going to have it. So that you've got like the energy before you can do missions and stuff. Because Opera is really liberal with all that, mm. but it still makes them a ton of money because they've made an engaging game. And I really hope they learn from that as opposed to Brave expheus which yeah. is which is super heavy monetization. Yeah. Um. So they've said that the they haven't really talked too much about the overall scale of the game. But they, for reference, they said that the Final Fantasy seven component of Ever Crisis will last for 10 chapters. So that's probably 10 months, maybe, because mm-hmm. I think they've said they're going to be a chapter a month. And for in terms of the individual scale of that, they're saying that the Midgar, players will leave Midgar at the end of Chapter 3. Okay. So the first three chapters will be Midgar, and then after that, it will be the rest of the game. Um, and I, I'd imagine that they've done that so that it's um, more related to the seven Remake yeah so it's similar in terms of scale for that so there'll be more detail on on the seven remake portion of the game just so they can help build that a bit more um but they've also said that before that obviously there's before crisis you've got crisis core but the first part of ever crisis is going to cover the first soldier Mm -hmm. which obviously was not in the original continuity at all and this is probably being done as a crossover event so they can promote both games to each other yeah um and they've said that yeah like this is and this is where i'm getting a bit nervous about things because they're saying that they're now going to have introduced into ever crisis uh in the original storyline con- continuity events that took place 30 years in the past so this is going to involve the setting up of soldier it's going to feature young versions of all of the shinra executives such as president shinra probably young hojo uh young heidegger young scarlet Um, And they've also said that the game is going to feature other characters who will appear in the 7 Remake sequels, Mm. which could be taken two ways, as in to say they could be introducing new characters in Ever Crisis that will then appear in the 7 Remake Mm. later on, so that people know who they are. Yeah. Or they're just saying that they're going to be focusing on existing characters that maybe didn't have the biggest backstory but will still feature in the in the seven remake later on Mm -hmm.
1: so (laughs) so So, like it sounds good um but yeah
0: so yeah it means there'll probably be a focus on like president shinra setting up the company and i guess i i don't i don't really know i it makes me a bit uncomfortable honestly
1: everything makes you feel uncomfortable this episode yeah, it does. Every single thing. Daryl is just an uncomfortable mess.
0: Because it's 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 what I said in the last episode. They're going to be using Ever Crisis as a promotional tool for the seven remake. That's yeah. obviously it's, it's the reason it exists. Yeah. So they're they're pushing it out to say that it's going to be relive the original tale of the continuity or the, the original storyline, but it's not going to be that. It's going to be the original storyline with as much reference to the seven remake as they can possibly put in there. Yeah. Which is not
1: what people want.
0: I I don't know. We we haven't played it, so we don't know if it's going to be what people want. But I I feel as though it's it's kind of misleading, yeah, because it's not going to be the original game retold. It's going to be the original game retold with an emphasis on what's happened in the Seven Remake, yeah, which is obviously a different story. Yeah, Um, they've also said though there's going to be like special dungeons, non-canon encounters, which is why they had screenshots of Aerith fighting against the guard Scorpion because they basically said they wanted people to relive these special boss fights with their dream team. <laughs> um I but we don't know who like the dream team's gonna be. There's probably gonna be guest characters coming in from other games. I mean there's enough characters in the seven universe anyway that they'll be able to draw on those for ages. Um, but it's also
1: just kind of like what is this game? Yeah what and, is it, it? and
0: then they've also said that even though they have the original soundtrack there's arrangements that have appeared in like uh, Decidia, Record Keeper, whatever, Opera Omnia as well, I'm sure. It's just like, they're going to be doing, and the Seven Remake as well. They're going to be doing an all new arranged score for Ever Crisis.
1: It's just like, be- why did Square Enix, Square Enix, Baby Doll, come on? All you had to do was redo Final Fantasy VII with pretty graphics people didn't mind the pocket edition of final fantasy 15 you should have just done that and kept it simple and cute instead you're trying to just
0: massively overcomplicate. it i
1: just i don't i don't get it i don't get why you have to make things so com- why you gotta make things so complicated Avril Lavigne, like yeah come on this could be this could be a song for square enix just complicated
0: why you gotta make things so complicated?
1: I see the way you're trying to re-release Final Fantasy VII, but you're not.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, so that's that's pretty much it. It feels like this has been a gripey episode from my, from my part. Poor Darrell. I'm usually very optimistic and trying know. to look at the uh, the the grass is greener. But um, today I am full of loathing, concern,
1: <laughs> depression.
0: I'm, I'm optimistically concerned.
1: <laughs> cons- Sadness.
0: Concerned, but, but full of optimism. I don't know. Like, I, I really want to hope that all this is going to turn out fine. But at the moment, all I can see is just no real plan and them, them being desperate to try and tie everything together when it doesn't need to be.
1: But hey, Life is Strange looks good. Yeah. The new Life is True Strange. Colours. And now you've actually played it, so you can...
0: Well, play- this one doesn't have any connection to this game, though. It doesn't matter. But they are re-releasing matter. the original game.
1: They are releasing the original game, yes. So it's all good. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter, no. But, yeah, yeah.
0: You can take your phone and fancy sound card you, turn it sideways, and shut up! <laughs> okay, Stay in my... Uh...
1: Good job, Daryl. My
0: rock impression there. It's
1: anything, anything that make you feel better. To, I to,
0: need that right to now. Give you
1: that little boost. I need it. The little boost of cuteness. It's okay. yeah.
0: Um, so hopefully, by the time the next episode comes out, then we'll we'll find some more things. Daryl, that we'll, they'll 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 put my mind at ease a bit more.
1: Daryl would have started an art therapy course where he can yeah. draw paintings. Uh,
0: maybe they should release the. Um, the Final Fantasy 7 adult coloring books. Yeah, to, to help me re- to help you to with anxiety. my, stress, yeah, my anxiety yeah. about what's happening. You can
1: actually draw in the block figures of Final Fantasy 7 characters so that you can remember what life was like <laughs> before, before they remade Final no, Fantasy. You know VII. what?
0: We should just go back and play the original game.
1: Yeah, exactly. Then. Listen to Namora. You want the original game? You got the original game.
0: Everything that comes after is not the original game.
1: Yeah. <laughs> but still buy the remake because we still need to make money.
0: Yes, please. And buy it, play Ever Crisis and buy it, spend money on yeah. Gacha.
1: But play the original if you're so upset, honestly.
0: Anyway, yes. Yeah, so uh, the next episode of FFU is, is scheduled to come out on the 6th of April. Um, be sure to check out the website. It's the day after my birthday. The 6th of April.
1: Oh, sorry. (laughs) I thought you said the 26th. Lauren
0: has now confirmed that she does not know when her birthday is. My
1: birthday is all month, actually. It's the month of Lauren. It's every time there's a 5 in April is my birthday.
0: Uh, It's going to be a new move in Final Fantasy. It's not going to be level 5 death. It's going to be birthday death. So any character who has a birthday.
1: (laughs) yeah instant
0: instant death um so <laughs> so yeah uh the website ff union uh, sorry final has uh, all the previous episodes and if you enjoyed our whimsical episode then uh feel free to support us on patreon at patreon.com forward slash ffkh union for now though it's time for us to shut up <laughs> 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 and apologize in advance. Sorry. So yeah, if you'd like to say I
1: apologize after the fact, really.
0: Well, we don't know what's going to happen in the months to follow, Lauren. we just got to i am going to get it in now, preemptively for the next episode.
1: <laughs> Daryl's. I'm sorry, be, everyone. He's going to be in his bunker eating marshmallows.
0: Hopefully, by next episode, I have recovered and I'm, I'm back to my more optimistic uh, self.
1: It's okay. I'll wrap him up in a duvet, and he'll be fine. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> Take, Bye everyone.
0: Yeah. Time to say goodbye.
1: Bye everyone.
0: And I'm Dara saying goodbye. This has been a finalfancyunion.com production. blah blah